Calm yourself, son. Pop culture needs to think about their entire lives before they do a podcast. To infinity and beyond. Flying in baseball? Yeah, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. Time he was a boy. Ain't no six-year-old understand the true meaning of the blues. I reckon I might. I done a bad thing. Cut my brother in half. Not bad for your first time. The music of Dewey Cox Take my hand has had an effect on people. It's the devil's music. From the guy who brought you Talladega Nights and Superbad. You have got to give up this dream. You're never going to make it. And maybe you don't believe in me after all. I do believe in you. I just know you're going to fail. Columbia Pictures presents The Epic Journey. Welcome to the top of a mountain, and you see it's a long, hard walk. But I will walk hard. Of the man who became a legend. Walk hard. Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I'm Scott. I'm Jason. I will not do that accent again. That felt offensive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. The, um, I, I guess, parody film? Spoof. Spoof? Yeah, spoof of musical biopics, mostly, I'd say. Yes, particularly Walk the Line. Yeah, that, that's its main reference point. It's but... certainly ahead of the times, because if it came out now, you got like, what? Queen, they got Elton John, they got Bowie's about to come out. Lordy, <laughs> he just waited for Johnny Cash and went for it. So, um, written and produced by Judd Apatow, directed by Jake Hasden, we've got John C. Riley in the titular role of Dewey Cox. <laughs> uh, it, 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 look, I really like this movie. I liked it the first time I saw it because I don't think I had any. I didn't know what I was about to watch. No, um, look, I, I, I do like it. I, I, I still find myself laughing at some of the best jokes in a comedy film, but I've now I've seen it so many times. I can see a few just uh, starting to <laughs> wear down. They don't, yeah, don't last. Don't hold. <laughs> no, they don't hold. But in saying that, it's its absurdity is a lot of fun, and I think this is where you've got to approach it. It's not trying to do anything other than just make fun. Make you, yeah, make you laugh. And uh, the thing that really made me enjoy it is John C. Riley's total immersion in that role. Um, it's he, he's almost playing it beyond just the comic part. Uh, like he's he's almost playing it straight in a lot of respects. Like uh, and 
that's what's really weird because everyone else is a bit absurd around him and even though he is. Yeah, he's he's he, certainly he, not he, <laughs> like <he's>, normal. <laughs> no, but he, he's gone down that rock star track and, you know, just becomes like he is. But uh, it's he, he just does it so well. The comic timing that he has isn't that sort of crazy, silly, over the top comic timing. It's actually really it's, well yeah, it's, it's a little more subdued. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Jim Carrey type. No, and, yeah, or Will Ferrell or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. It, it's he's he's able to just subdue it enough to really become part of the character. And, and it, I guess, the fact that he wrote and sang some of the songs or was co-writer of some of the songs and is the singer on them, it, it just adds to it. It yeah. shows that he's immersed in that character <laughs> much more than you'd expect in something like this. Um, you'd think, you know, the actors will just go in and. Say their lines, be silly, and, yeah, be silly, make a joke. But he's sort of taken it right on board, and it's what really makes this stay. I think otherwise, it probably would have gone the ways of a scary movie. Yeah, right. Like like a flash in the pan, and then forgotten about, pretty much. Yeah, and get dated by its references. And I think it goes a oh, little bit, I, yeah, bit, bit I beyond. Think, I think the strength of it, like in terms of dating, it's it's referencing things that are. <laughs> almost historical like we're talking about the Beatles we're talking about you know Morrison Diamond Orbison Dylan like yeah. you know it's it, it's it is set in a period which I guess sort of makes it have a bit more longevity too and it's references it's not referencing like was up from a commercial in the <laughs> late yeah. 90s that yeah exactly <laughs> it's a it's got the historical context I guess to work with and um develop along with the music and yes that makes it quite funny and you know the the music is very clever it's very very clever how they've grabbed the style um and the whole imagery of what you'd expect from it whether it's him singing his bob dylan type song (laughs) which has one of the funniest things (laughs) making no sense whatsoever (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh no, it's just the lyrics. If you listen yeah. to the lyrics, it's just well. So, I mean, some of Dylan's so songs are pretty. <laughs> yeah, and then they're having the argument about what, but what does it mean? <laughs> it's deep, man. It's deep. <laughs> but then you know where he's sort of doing the punk version of War Card, then the dis- the disco version, yeah. and how they just sort of go back to the one that was their hit. Um, so it's got this, all these references that. Are, so brilliantly done, you know, and then things like Yellow Submarine, the Beatles film and the Beatles, which probably still has the one of the funniest lines in the film is, yeah, okay, you can go drop acid with the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and the Beatles are like really aggressive <laughs> to each other. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, I, I mean, it's absurd at a really high level in those respects, but um, it's what makes it really fun. Um, when yeah. you know your, when you know your music history of a lot of these big bands in popular music, it's it makes sense when you're watching it. That's yeah, for sure. It feels more. There's more to it. Mm. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, th- I feel like that kind of elevates it a little from the. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's spoof isn't 
two specific films. That's that's probably it. It's it's the biopic. The yeah, oh, I mean, I think, and, it, it, and it, it, probably music industry a bit too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but, I mean, the only thing I think it really digs into is walk the line. Yeah, but that's, only that's its of, premise at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Otherwise, it's Elvis. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It leans too heavily on some jokes over and over again. The the wrong kid died. Just yeah, yeah. But they're the ones. Over and over. Yeah, yeah. That they're sort of examples of where it doesn't hold up, and you get a few like that constantly through it, um, and sort of really absurd moments. But it's sort of John C. Riley's performance carries it it's regarded and and jenna fisher's really <laughs> like great in this as well it's sort of really unexpected if you know her from, from the um, office the office yeah uh, she <laughs> plays that part really well although she doesn't sing like he's singing so she's overdubbed which ah. it's, it's a shame it's sort of like a, I'd, I'd love to have imagined that they were all really getting doing it for real and doing it yeah um but we know that John C. Riley is, and it shows. Yeah, oh, yeah, you could tell. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's one of those movies that like I'd I'd forgotten about really. Like I like I I still remember it being like, oh yeah, that was funny, but I'd never really tried to revisit it until recently. Well, for this episode, in fact, it's like it's still really funny. <laughs> oh yeah, it's that. It, it's got some classic moments. It's um, and I guess this is what makes it a bit of a cult film. And I think we're looking at what is it, Wikipedia or something? Yeah, it considers it a cult classic. It's become a cult film and um, a I'm box sure. office bomb. But yeah, but why is my question? I why guess. was it a box office bomb? No, why was it a cult film? I can see oh. why it's a like. You can see why it's a box office bomb. But... <laughs> well, it's. I think it was too close to the time of Walk the Line. And... I think it was like just, two years, I think. Yeah, two yeah. years. And I think people weren't ready to see a spoof of that because it, it was so well regarded. And it, it's oh, great, yeah, it was an Oscar winning yeah. film. So it's a great film, too. Which yeah. is, I guess, when something's attacking something like that, it probably irks people a bit. Oh, you think people get defensive? Yeah, I do. I do. A bit precious. Well, I feel like that's where my, my wife had like uh, like begged me to turn it off. <laughs> that's how much she, <laughs> she reacted to it, and she really, really likes Walk the Line. So maybe that, maybe you're right. Mm. But the cult status of it, it's I I think it's because of its absurdity and the fact that it is. Well, you've got. I think it's almost like any of these kind of weird comedies where you've got music that people can latch onto and like play the CD of and learn yeah. the songs that are a bit absurd and crazy <laughs> tend to take off a little. Hmm. Yeah. And I guess in the lyrics of those songs too, they're uh, not so subtle innuendo. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's, but at the same time, it sort of works because it's really, you know, a lot of songs are innuendo and they are oh, playing with the yeah. concept. Yeah, and you know, holding hands instead of rock and roll <laughs> being the first song. That... They're holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's things like that because it it does take the reality of the historical aspects of it to that absurd point to really have fun with it. That mm. it's standing up over time and why it's a cult film. Yeah. So I mean, um. Good on it, I suppose. 
Um, yeah, I was just thinking of all the other performers in it. Uh, the Beatles bit, that's the only... I, I love the concept of the scene, but it's actually the one scene where I sort of go, mm, yeah, that... They're a bit grating as the actual Beatles. Because they're doing these like really horrific accents. Yeah. And it's, I think, uh, no, Justin Long as uh, George Harrison is not bad. Yeah. Sort of like he's. This is Paul Rudd as John Lennon, Jack Black is Paul McCartney, Justin Long is George Harrison, and Jason Schwartzman is Ringo Starr. Yeah. Uh, there's some, there's some pretty cool cameos in this movie too, where you've got like. Jack White popping up as Elvis Presley. Yeah. <laughs> like, aggre aggressive Elvis. I could have killed you. <laughs> yeah, watch yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right. The Beatles thing is almost like caricature level silly. Yeah. But it's I'm, still funny. There's I'm, one line in it that I, I like remember a lot. <laughs> What's that one? The ball's a big fat god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that oh, it's not the lines, it, it's the delivery. The delivery. It's, it's all a weird, yeah, they just, I don't know. Um, that I think, unfortunately, there was a group of actors there that were friends with each other and wanted yeah. to come in on it, and it wasn't really cast with uh, that in mind. I, yeah, I don't think it was to do a, a real attempt at the Beatles. Oh, like, no, it's not even that. Let's get our buddies even, in there. Yeah, but to make fun of it effectively. Like the Elvis one's better. Yeah. Hmm. Um, um, who else pops up in this movie? Jane Lynch. You've got Ed Helms popping up. You've got Craig Robinson. Harold Ramis. Yes, Harold Ramis. And Lachaim. <laughs> <laughs> With his son, Dreidel Lachaim. <laughs> um, Eddie Vedder. That's right. Yeah. Jewel. Ghostface Killer. That sounds made up, but all right. That's a person. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, I, I I still enjoy it. I'm going to say that it it's got some bits that still fall flat now, but majority of it's gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, well, oh, that's that's your cross to bear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> cool. War card. The Dewey Cox story. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I'm Jason. Hello, darling. Hello, Mr. Cox. You ready to sing one? I'm always ready. Well, all right. In my dreams, you're blowing me some kisses. That's one mouth. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddie, Monica Porter, and Scott Souter. The clip for this week's show was the trailer for War Card, and the song at the end was Let's Duet from the War Card soundtrack. If you're enjoying the show, please, I invite you to jump on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and helps us reach new listeners. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter at popcultureau, and we are also available on Instagram. Make that sacred sound.